Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestling Art with Chris Things. Welcome back, uh, episode 18 of Wrestling Art with Chris Things. I am Chris Things, Brian, your host this week and every week, and uh, this is our Match of the Week edition. Uh, this week being our, our double header, uh, double feature, spectacular edition, where we uh, we have two Match of the Weeks to discuss, because uh, last week we had our Wrestling Art Curator uh, episode, that um, lovely chat with IQ Wrestler that I was uh, just so delighted by. If you haven't listened to that one yet, uh, and you were uh, fascinated about the world of um, of wrestling uh, video highlight making and, and, and wrestling video art, really, uh, just a, a really fun chat. Uh, but yeah, this week is our, our um, match of the week special. We have uh, two Brian Danielson matches to discuss, but two uh, very different and, and bloody magical in their own right matches. But more about that later. Uh, now we, we have our uh, <laughs> what's been going on in the world of Chris Things intro monologue. Um, and last time... Um, you know, I was speaking a bit about uh, the the uh, looking back at the original way of the blade uh, book, um, and those those highlight illustrations that I've been doing each week. Just got my my dog, uh, little Ziggy here, uh, coughing up something, but uh, he looks like he's okay. In case you're wearing, uh, but <laughs> so they, we've continued the the way of the blade highlights this week. Um, I just uh, popped out. Uh, the amazing Yoshihiro Tajiri um, versus uh, King of Old School Steve Carino uh, ECW uh, match illustration that uh, Phil picked for the original book and uh, man uh, this, this match from Hardcore Heaven 2000 um, looking back at it and thinking back over it just gave me so many waves of beautiful nostalgia uh, I I was like such a ECW maniac from back in the day, which is kind of funny now thinking, especially like these two matches we're talking about today, like being very sort of, you know, scientific, uh, minimalist, uh, beautiful grappling uh, submission work kind of matches, and then ECW being so much insane shit. But um, yeah, I, I don't quite know how to reconcile that. <laughs> but nonetheless, I, I loved ECW, I only got into it a little bit late in the piece um, for the, that like sort of 2000 era initially, uh, but then, you know, in the, the years after, went went back to the, you know, the proper uh, OG uh, years and, you know, a lot of the beauty of, of 1995 and, and all of that kind of stuff, but man, uh, so much love for, for both Carino and Tajiri, um, you know, I think this era particularly of of Tajiri specifically like 
to me that was that was the absolute high point of his shit you know just the, the proper like vicious uh japanese buzzsaw like uh, his heel stuff with Carino, and then the final like big breakup with Carino. That whole feud was was some of the best stuff you'll ever see, and uh, this this match was just fantastic. Uh, so I highly uh, recommend you checking out uh, that one. And uh, Hardcore Heaven uh, 2000 as a whole, such a badass show. You get another uh, awesome um, Rob Van Dam versus jerry lynn match uh so so good but uh if uh, you want to check out that uh that illustration from way of the blade you you can find that i uh, just posted that on the old instagram but also on christhings.com.au so if you would like a little art print of uh Tajiri kicking the fuck out of Steve Carino's head when he's uh upside down in the tree of woe position uh, you can do so uh, on that website for as little as 25 bones. Uh, but onto uh, the, the other stuff that I've had going on, um, pretty uh, much, I think last time we, we spoke about moving on after the portfolio stuff, just getting into like more of a creative, creating things kind of, kind of mode. Um, you know, I sort of set myself a bit of a challenge to try to like create something every day, and and that resulted in in me finally getting onto uh, a, a t-shirt design idea actually that I've I've had for for quite a while, and it got me thinking like sometimes there's there's concepts or ideas that you have for for something as like a, a creative um, that for whatever reason you kind of put on the back burner. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Um, and then sometimes, you know, like I was saying with, with IQ Wrestler, these things can just disappear into the ether. Uh, so I think it's great. Just get them down on paper, get them out, get some sort of little drawing of it out, and then who knows what it can be. I'll be very interested to see how this one goes. Uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but it's basically a, a, um, a shirt idea that's based on it pretty obscure moment i think from like wcw saturday night like a, a interview that probably very few people remember um but it, it represents something that i think a lot of people think of quite highly um and, and it's i think it's a pretty fun visual so i'll be very interested to see uh how how this one does um yeah uh, we'll we'll see we'll see uh but keep an eye out uh, i'll uh, i'll be posting that one in the the near future but i think that's pretty cool as a, as a completely impartial judge here but i don't know we'll see what's up um other than that i've been doing commission work i uh have have again some some great clients on that kind of stuff but editor's note I just want to clarify here because I felt that was like a little bit dismissive on uh, on listening back. Uh, I fucking love and adore my clients so much, my existing clients, and and they are everything. So please, 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 uh, do not think that I'm uh, reducing my appreciation of uh, of y'all in any sense. Okay, go okay, back back to Chris. <laughs> I think I'm needing to get more commissions, more consistent kind of commission work, to be honest, to kind of get things where they where they kind of need to be. 
uh, between you and me, I kind of uh, made a, a bit of a, a promise to, um, you know, where I'm driving this kind of thing to, to my partner that we have to get a certain amount of uh, income coming in each week. And I think commissions are a key part of that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't want to get to a place where I'm, you know, really spammy about that kind of thing. Um, you know, have a nonstop, hey, open for commissions kind of thing. But it's a bit of a tricky thing to kind of balance. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to just keep on making things. And if, if any of y'all want me to make something for you, if you have, like, an idea for something, like, really weird or even not that weird but something that you reckon hey i think that'd be cool to bring into the real world then shit send me a message let's do this let's let's bring this to life um let's let's make an art out of it and then you can you can hang that sucker on your wall pick it right out of your brain on the wall i think that's pretty cool but yeah Either way, that's 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 about me for the the week. That's that's your uh, your your weekly Chris things update. Now let's uh, let's chuck over to talk about some bloody incredible American Dragon uh, professional wrestling matches that I, I greatly greatly loved. Uh, all right, over to uh, Chris and uh, Jeremy in the studio to talk about that. Okay, ladies and gents, uh, I have uh, esteemed semi-regular uh, co-host on the show uh, to, to talk a little, little Brian Danielson action uh, and another one of our double feature, double main event spectaculars. Welcome to the show, my friend, Mr. James Vanderbeek. All right. Hey, everybody. I see you over there in the corner. Oh, I see you. I see you. Uh, thanks for having me, buddy. You're yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm here for the Danielson show, most specifically because we are from the same great state of Washington. This is true. The beautiful, beautiful city, or excuse me, state that contains tremendous bearded gentlemen like Brian Danielson and and myself. Oh, yes, I agree, hundred percent. Can I ask, have you been to Aberdeen? I have actually. I've never. I didn't stay very long. I was just in it, and it was before I was aware of uh, Brian Danielson, the professional wrestler. It was more pertaining to, uh, hey, we're driving by Aberdeen. Let's just drive by the city that Kurt Cobain grew up in. Ah, I forgot about that. You'd think of the amount of uh, Nirvana, Kurt Cobain documentaries I watched back in the day that would have stuck with me, but it didn't. That's all right. What did you make of, uh, of Aberdeen? What are, you, what are your lasting impressions that you got out of that place? Uh, it was a town that provides you with no lasting impressions, is what I felt. <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, very uh, Pacific Northwesty. Yeah, yeah, just your average Pacific Northwest smallish town. If you want to not be by the hustle and bustle of the big city, I'd say it's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds nice. So on this, the same, um, have you been there places? I always wondered, you ever been to uh, to Twin Peaks? Uh, no, that's like Snoqualmie Falls, I think. I haven't been up there, no. So that's that's a bit further up. 
I went to the actual falls themselves, yes, one time, but I haven't like explored Snoqualmie the city now. The falls are gorgeous though. You get all sorts of moist out there. It's it's a lot of water is what I'm saying. <laughs> you get all sorts of moist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just it's the whole because of the gigantic waterfall, the entire environment is just filled with mist because of this waterfall. So no matter what you do, you're gonna get a little little drippage that, on you. That sounds beautiful. I would love to go to that place. Oh, it's delightful. I mean, it's, I'm assuming it's a better level of, uh, of the, the mister giving humidity uh, than, than what we have over here. I mean, I guess you're not really familiar with the uh, the awful uh, Brisbane, Queensland humidity that we suffer through. No, I, the most humid environment I've ever been to was uh, Florida when I went down once for... Um, it wasn't a wrestling thing. I think I just went for a trip to see some friends. But yeah, as soon as I got out of the airport, it was like, I am drinking this air. It's it's not being breathed in. It's coming in thick. I've heard a lot of friends draw a lot of uh, comparisons between the two places, and it makes me never want to go to Florida, ever. Yeah, it was Orlando, to be specific. It was nasty. Ugh, yuck. Well, I do not like uh, humidity. That's why I, I would uh, love to uh, make it up your way sometime in the near future. Uh, but uh, how has your, your week been since we last caught up with you, my friend? Uh, been pretty decent. Had a recent SOS show that went pretty great. Uh, the aforementioned half man half shark is now our new champion so that's pretty exciting turn of events there see the thing is on the island we have a special prize that you can win in a match called the golden wilson and (laughs) it's an island scene show so let me get i'll let you guess what the golden wilson is um uh golden version of uh of the the neighbor from home improvement (laughs) no friend you're so funny it's the (laughs) castaway friend of tom hanks the volleyball wilson so we have a we have a golden one of those that somebody wins and the previous show our shark man attacked the owner of the golden wilson casey rasselhoff and took it away from him. And then he showed up on this most recent show and cashed it in to get his chance at the SOS championship. And Chris, oh the crazy thing, the crazy thing that was going on is there was already a match in progress for the title. So he inserted himself into this match and he won. Kind of like a, you know, Seth Rollins in uh WrestleMania kind of situation. I see, I see. But now we're all like, oh man, what's going on? The Sharkman's champion, Casey Rasselhoff, never lost his Golden Wilson. Uh, the other two people who were in the match kind of got screwed over. What happens next? Well, I'll tell you what happens next, Chris. We've got a four-way match for the title, oh. which includes both of the people who were in the previous match. Uh, Carl Randers, our, ch- our previous champion, and Malcolm Flex, another <laughs> previous champion, against Casey Rasselhoff. The man who never lost his opportunity at this match, and then also our new champion, Derek Jaws. It's it's crazy, man. My life's been real hectic. Hot diggity dog. Dang, dude. <laughs> uh, and then I also watched Iron Claw last night. Oh shit! Yeah. Hang on, but before we move on to that, might I say those those are some tremendous uh, professional wrestling names uh, there in, in the, the main <laughs> event scene of yeah. SOS. <laughs> 
the beach master carl randers it's, it's so good uh and then malcolm flex yeah he's awesome he was the previous champion who actually uh went to study at new japan so he Ooh. had to relinquish his title uh, unfortunately and uh yeah so he's back facing off uh looking to get his title back and this four-way match is going to be happening next month and i'm pretty excited that is tremendous. Well, um, I, IWTV. If everyone watch, you want to IWTV. Tune in, tune in, and yeah. uh, and if you do, uh, tell them that you you came from uh, yeah, wrestling so, out with Chris things. I don't know how you will broadcast <laughs> that you showed up because of that, but hey, make yourself known. Yeah, I, I'm just angling for a free subscription. That's all I'm doing. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I um yeah so so you saw the Iron Claw. Uh, we were talking last time. We you know talked a lot of uh, world class and Von Erichs when we we spoke about that tremendous uh, Terry Gordy Kerry Von Erich match. So now you've, you've seen the movie. The thoughts, my friend. What what did you think? Here it comes. First off, the match that we watched. I believe they actually shot a scene in the movie where Kerry was wearing that same jacket that he wore out. After his brother died, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. But okay, I'll start it's from the beginning. Quite a famous jacket. Yep, yep. I, I just love how they incorporated in the movie. They were smart enough to do that. Uh, I loved how it started off in black and white, um, kind of you know setting the tone of like what the heck is this, and then the reveal that this is about a family, not this crazy madman who's murdering somebody <laughs> in a wrestling room. So I, I really like that. I really like how it did treat wrestling with a, a reverence it wasn't like ever painted as comedy uh that they were doing this or taking part in this so that was cool and I, I thought they they tra- treated the whole scene and, and world class in general with with quite a lot of reverence as well um and and i wanted you know give a special shout out to I th- whoever was in charge of you know set design and, and costuming and all of that kind of stuff there were so many little things that they got so darn right um, you know, right down to to the whole uh, kit out of of and, and recreation of like the the sportatorium. Uh, I I thought that was absolutely tremendous, um, especially from you know having having watched a, a bit of it. Uh, I just you know it, it sort of re. There obviously you know a lot of things they change, but at least visually and, and feel wise, I thought they were pretty on the money there. Yeah, for sure, the feel was definitely there. Gorgeous, beautiful picture. Um, it actually, it was way better than I ever thought it could be when I first heard about the project because I just assumed, oh, it's a wrestling story. I know it's a really sad one, but it might be treated terribly, but it wasn't. I thought um, the exact same thing, actually. I was going in with, like, kind of scary expectations. Like, initially, I heard not-so-good things. I'm a, friend of Efron. I'm a fan of Zac Efron, but I couldn't <laughs> imagine him, him playing... Kevin Von Erich is just so mm. felt so weird. It's like he's not weird looking enough, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. He is too handsome to play this ugly man, is what Chris was saying. Hey, uh, hey. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin was a good looking dude, but just a slightly weird good looking dude. And that was the Von Erich charm, I feel. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they, <laughs> it was the unconventional handsome. Yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing I didn't care for is the pacing felt weird. It just seemed like they were just getting to the next sad part with not much filler in between. And I was just like, all right, we're going to leap to the next depressing moment. We're going to leap to the next depressing moment. And sometimes it felt unnatural, uh, but 
what I really loved about the movie was how it was kind of like a, a a a romance movie, but between brothers, like these guys fucking loved each other so much. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a particular scene where they're all like hanging out with a bunch of people on a river. That was and so The three brothers are over <laughs> hanging out just with each other who they spend all their time with. And there's all these other people just sitting there partying. These guys aren't paying attention to anybody but their brothers. They just, they loved being with their fucking brothers. It was rad. I love that so much. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, when they, at the end of the movie, when they came back to that same dock, mm. you know what I mean? Where, uh, I guess, I guess it was supposed to signify heaven. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, that's that's when I actually started. That's the scene that got me kind of sad. I hmm. not all the real life death that I knew about. Uh, the the sad part was this imaginary heaven scene that they created, <laughs> where uh, Carrie von Eric got to say hello to his older brother who was a small child. I uh, actually that it was funny. I had the opposite. I like got to that bit and I was actually really sort of like happy and like smiling at that part like because it was obviously that that sort of followed a heck of a lot of heavy sad kind of stuff so you're sort of like oh they're all in heaven together well yeah that's what i it was a tear of joy it made me sad because yeah it was kind of beautiful in a way um but yeah i overall i enjoyed it i just felt like like i said earlier the the pacing like all of a sudden like oh shit it's a sad moment again and i know the story is sad but it there didn't seem to be a lot of extra stuff in there to like fill out who they were um much but hey that's all right it's it's a good movie and they had only so much time they had to get in a lot of death into this two hours <laughs> and they, they didn't even have enough room for all of the death exactly man that was crazy and yeah it was just like all of a sudden it was sudden like all of a sudden here we got chris killing himself with the pills like you could tell he was depressed but it was just like the next scene He's eating pills. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then you mean, the next um, scene... You mean Mike? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I meant, sorry, Mike. Uh, not the brother who was eliminated. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when Mike was eating the pills, just all of a sudden, all right, now he's eating pills. Oh, I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then he runs off into the woods. That's that's a terrible way to, to kill yourself when you leave your families looking for your body. Like, come on. I, it's, um, it, I've, you know gone sort of around like back and forth on this movie a little bit my my only main criticism i think is the runtime was too short so they didn't get to flesh out some of the more interesting stuff i don't know i think i mentioned it last time of like i would have liked to see a bit more of like kerry's story um and you know him dealing with the the you know rigors of, of finally you know, achieving his dad's dream and winning the world title only to, like, lose it, like, a couple of weeks later. Um, and then, you know, the, the going on the road and to, to obviously when the territory sort of fell apart and then they ended up, um, you know, selling to Jerry Jarrett and um, then Kerry eventually going to, to WWF for a, you know, pretty shitty run. Um, I mean, there's only so much you can do, obviously. And then it also, like, the whole stuff of, like, I thought there was so much interesting shit they could have done with, like, Gino's story. Um, mm, yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I think that also played a key part. I don't think they necessarily caught the idea of like, 
they definitely gave it the idea that like this family and these brothers were just revered as like you know what we were saying about last time on the the show of like you know that Beatles level kind of love but it's yeah. almost like they gave the impression that the town sort of like turned on them and stopped caring as soon as like David died and then you know they had this scene where there was like fucking probably uh, you know barely any people in the in the sportatorium when in in reality you know that that uh the city of Dallas sort of being like we don't we don't want to really come anymore and this is kind of grossing us out it was a bit more of a long form kind of thing and especially the thing with um you know uh the the whole bullshit of the you know lance von eric yeah the... <laughs> i was about to say that was actually an awesome scene in the movie when lance was out there wrestling and kevin's hitting on their apron trying to tag in and it was like as far as the scene looked like it, it broke down is kevin was supposed to get back in the match but lance took it upon himself to finish the match out and look kevin's just looking at you like what the fuck dude? yeah it was like this <laughs> this motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> i just found that so funny like he went against the script and he was a fake von eric brother uh yeah nice it was hilarious seeing that being mjf though i was like oh fucking mjf right on i mean it was kind of funny that yeah i imagine they probably filmed a bunch of stuff where they did show that sort of <sighs> you know the, the part of uh the them, fake um, brother yeah the play of Von Eric. and then uh you know fritz ousting him publicly after he like quit and and then basically him revealing that he'd like lied to the whole you know all of the the town and and all the brothers were playing along and i think that was you know reality more part of the reason for the you know the city kind of like turning on them and them losing that goodwill um, yeah that's hilarious the family like loved the fa- or the town loved the family so much like you tried to pass off a fake von eric that make us love him too how dare you <laughs> <laughs> but i mean overall i think all of these um complaints are it's it's like there's only so much you can do and the for one sure. thing i think they did really well was like they made it palatable for people that don't really know this story non-wrestling fans kind of thing in a way that i don't think it like betrayed the actual real story like i think the real story and if this movie i the main thing of this movie to me at least was like it, it's the story of um of kevin enduring all of this awful fucking shit and then you know making a decision that he's not going to let it continue on to the next generation um yeah. and i i thought that was really touching and really well done so overall i think it's great you know if, if uh any of y'all out there watch this and um and then uh wanting to find out more i i absolutely highly recommend that um the fantastic documentary heroes of world class i think that does like a, a far better job of getting into the the intricacies of it um and and given a lot more like real life detail so i think that's a, an absolutely fantastic watch uh has uh gary hart i think he was still around when they filmed that and he was absolutely incredible for it um but yeah it's overall like, i think it was a, a fine film maybe not quite to the level of uh of the the wrestler for me but um probably one of the better professional wrestling films ever made i have to agree with that i also one thing that made me laugh was Fritz had to take a moment to take a a, a stab at oh, the Ultimate Warrior for just a moment. He goes, it's like, your old partner Hellwig, he even got an opportunity. <laughs> like, he's taking a fucking swing at Ultimate Warrior. That's Hold hilarious. Dingo. 
<laughs> oh, special shout out to I, I can't remember the actor's name, but whoever the dude that played Harley was like so fucking on the money, dude. Yeah, like even, even though he didn't necessarily look directly, the attitude was like spot on. The way he carried himself was like totally Harley. His and... promo so good. Exactly. I he I, he just needed a little bit more fro. That's all. Just a tiny bit more fro, and he would have been good. <laughs> Tremendous stuff, man. Um, man. All right. So we we got to get this show on the road. We got two matches to talk about here. Our, our double header. Um, so this originally, you'd you'd think, and you'd be like, Chris. This is meant to be a variety kind of show. You know, last time we oh, yeah. had a fucking Joshi match and a world-class match. Now we've just got fucking three uh, Brian Danielson matches in a row. What's going on? Um, I would say that in no way was planned, and it just ended up legit. There were the three things that I watched that are just incredible. And if anything, it's a, it's a testament to this, like, absolutely insane run that um danielson is on at the moment like i i cannot remember any wrestler that's you know said hey guys i uh i'm gonna i'm gonna wind this down uh, i think uh, my days as an active wrestler are nearing their end and then just goes on to have like be basically wrestler of the year and just have some of the most impressive performances you ever did see just week after week after week it's insane. He's the only man who has ever came close to knocking Eddie Guerrero out of my top wrestler spot. Like, he's just so good. He probably is my favorite wrestler. I just have so much uh, nostalgia love for Eddie. But, yeah, yeah, Brian Danielson is fucking incredible. And he's only gotten better. And one of these matches we discussed, I think, might be the greatest match I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> I, if it's the one I'm, you're, uh, I'm thinking that you're thinking of, uh, that was uh, definitely on uh, on rewatch my uh, my match of the year right now. Fucking a, dude. At the very least, but yeah, probably more. Incredible. Yeah, I, I never keep any sort of running match of the year, but uh, I'd have I'd be hard pressed to say anyone beats that Zack Saber and Daniel. Brian Danielson match. I almost said Daniel Bryan. Damn you, <laughs> WWE, for conditioning me and my muscle memory. Man, I um, I think this is also one of the cool things here. Is like, look, we do have two American Dragon matches week after week. You know, including the the Nagata one uh, the other week, three week after week. But if you look at those three matches, or even just look at these two matches, so much variety in them. You know, mm-hmm. so completely different, so the opposite of, you know, a lot of the time we see a lot of guys who are just like, yep, I have the exact same match formula, I have the exact same comeback, I have the exact same fucking three moves of doom, whatever the fuck. Um, this is... I, I cannot think of anyone that could have three such amazing matches, but three totally different matches as well. Yeah, 100%. He is so well-rounded and... I mean, I can't think of anybody where he couldn't pull an amazing match out of them as well. Like, you, you could have a match of the week with uh, Brian Danielson with pretty much anybody on any roster at any time. You know what I mean? It's it's mm. wild. I mean, he's definitely got that, like, uh, Ric Flair in the 80s kind of thing where he could have a, a great match with a, with a broomstick 
But I mean, I think these these three were so good because the opponents were so good, and he made it about them. I guess like he worked to their strengths, and each one was like such a, a showcase of how great the other guy is. I mean, I guess you know when we get talking a bit more about the Zack Sabre Junior match, I'd say that was felt more just like equals, just you know, trying to one-up one another kind of thing. But I, uh, yeah, the the fact that we do have two Danielson matches here, I think there's there's still a, a whole bunch of variety, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I wasn't terribly familiar with Hetrocero. I think I've seen him, maybe some clips, uh, but I love that Yave style. It's so oh. cool and wild and crazy. It's, it's just so interesting. And anytime, sometimes people think it's like a, a lot of wasted effort on some things in lucha but this is none of that you know what i mean it's mm. it's just rat yeah it's it's my and i was thinking about it um and i think my original introduction to like lucha libre was probably through a lot of like the wcw cruiserweight kind of stuff which 100%. you know is or was fucking incredible you know there's no saying that wasn't like amazing shit and like you know getting to see the absolute best of like ray ray um and hoovy and psychosis and, and stole the and... show nearly every monday yeah um, you know yeah so undeniable um and you know working with absolute masters like like dean malenko or like you get to see like regal working with like fucking luchadors and parker and nigolo i have so much love for that but the and there's so many they had so many luchadors that some of the guys who were great still got underappreciated like silver king people oh kind of gosh. treated like a joke but he was tremendous super Kalo, people kind of treated as a joke but he was fucking tremendous dude silver uh, king there's a match with him and eddie like a, a singles match i can't remember whether it was from like wcw saturday night or thunder or something i think this match only got like six or seven minutes worldwide maybe perhaps <laughs> uh let's just go through all of them maybe wcw yeah, pro <laughs> <laughs> it's my autistic need to list things apparently <laughs> <laughs> you and me both brother um but like this is just probably the if, if you're not going to count that fucking uh kenta ricky marvin match like probably one of the the greatest uh you know short uh matches of all time just masterful shit but yeah i guess the reason i was like bringing up that wcw stuff is because it sort of conditioned me and i think to an extent a lot of people are thinking like lucha libre is about the crazy high spots and these like athletic feats of, of craziness um and just this like beautiful um sort of high flying high fast paced style when there's you know there's a lot of varieties of um of lucha libre out there uh you know even you know getting to more of like your your you know bloody brawl kind of like style which is like its own kind of magic um but then getting to the yave style like you're saying i think that for sure has become my all-time favorite style of mexican wrestling you know of like those masters like your skyder like your negro navarro your solar um just I, and I think that's what's so cool now about seeing a dude like Hechicero and like especially him being in such a spotlight position as this to where I think a lot of American wrestling fans are probably seeing him for the first time. Um, I think it's really cool maybe that that style is, is getting a bit more um, 
you know, pub these days. Oh, agreed. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I was fortunate uh, to see Daniel Macabe and Negro Navarro wrestle. Oh and, my gosh! Yeah, fucking a dude. Yeah, he's tremendous. He's an old looking guy at this point, but he's so grizzled and badass looking. He he looks like a final boss you would find out a, a wrestling movie. Like all of a sudden, <laughs> your character has to fight Negro Navarro to survive. <laughs> Oh. And you won't. And you won't. <laughs> he can still go, man. Like he's the definition of the kind of guy where what's the saying? Like you, um, you know, he's he's forgotten more moves than most guys will ever know. Yeah, kind of thing. For but sure. Just, just absolutely tremendous. And um, you know, anytime you get to see him against dudes like uh, Satanico or um, you know, I guess his career rival Salah, and it's like almost more of like a, a exhibition showcase kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's so so cool, and um, I definitely want to put over his uh, his sons, uh, Los Traumas, uh, absolutely fantastic wrestlers as well. I was unaware. That's right. Yeah, but uh, back to um, Ray Hechicero. Uh So I again, I, I think I was so excited from when I first heard this match announced because of part of it being like. Okay, this is just like Danielson getting to wrestle all the people he's always wanted to wrestle, kind of thing. <laughs> Sting made the special request to get Ric Flair on the show, and Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson is, I did it again, Brian <laughs> Danielson is requesting just to wrestle all the rad dudes he knows he can go with. Yeah, so good. Just like a weird wrestling nerd dream match. I love it. And one thing that happened when Hedges, when this match was announced is a lot of people are like, Rad, I don't know who this guy is, and I'm excited to see what happens. But there's a whole other group that's like, I don't know who this is. Why is Tony Khan keep bringing these people <laughs> who I have no idea onto his show and not telling me who they are ahead of time? It's like, Dude, where did these where did these weird angry people come from? Like, why are you I, so annoyed that you're getting an awesome wrestling match? And, and oh man, I, I can understand wanting to know more information, but you don't need to always have this spoon fed to you. WWE doesn't, and they compare it to WWE, where you know a lot of times there's vignettes to introduce guys weeks ahead of time. But this is a different type of show. This is like a wrestling showcase. They bring in interesting wrestlers to pair up with guys you already know that are great. So you should be at least expecting a great match and rely on not only the announcers to give you f- information on these gentlemen, but the wrestlers themselves tell stories in the ring. That's what it is. It's a visual storytelling platform. Yes. Fucking weirdos. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on that bullshit of the, the you know, where's the story? Why am I meant to care about this match? Like, do you care about this match? Because it's awesome. And there's two guys that are the best in the world, in the conversation with the best in the world. And they're trying to win the match. And they're trying to beat That one is another. the story. <laughs> that is the story. It is a wrestling match where two people want to win at the end. You don't, there's more story to it, sure, but that's the story. It's all self contained. You guys are crazy. And also, this one, in addition to that, had the, the whole like this big CMLL. BCC versus uh, CMLL feud going on. So, what more yeah. do you need? You weird, fucking weirdness. Weird, angry people. And all this heterosero, look at this fucking guy. How cool is this guy? Look, he's jacked. <laughs> he's got a fucking crazy mask. 
he's they call him a wizard or something. And I saw this awesome meme where he goes, "Oh, I think I heard the one you're gonna tell." The one your girl has big titties <laughs> and is a wizard. That's not your girl. It's Hetchisero. I was like, "Oh my god, so good." That is one of my favorite things I ever saw. As soon as I saw Agreed. that. Oh my Sometimes, God. You know, I make plenty of memes, but every mm-hmm. once in a while I see one, I'm like, fuck, I wish I had made that. That is so funny. <laughs> Bit of jealousy, I suppose. Oh, man. But what a, what a cool looking motherfucker. Like, might Hell I say, yeah. from that entrance onwards, or is that doing the fucking flame balls? Like, he, this whole gimmick, I think, is just ready made for, like, he comes out, people don't know who this guy is, except they're like, I am I am already uh, intrigued and really yes. wanting to know more. Exactly. And then, like, I don't know what's going on with his eyes. If he's, like, got... If it's on his eyelids where there's paint or underneath his eyes to make him look like his eyes are glowing the entire match. But so it's cool. fucking cool. Absolutely. And I think a lot of this comes from, you know, CMLL. Um, a big part of, of their, uh, you know, success is, is targeting... Well, yeah, and absolutely, but but like p- targeting for tourists, you know, they have mm. their their hardcores um, that are you know really loyal and go every you know single Friday night to Arena Mexico. But I'd say you know a large chunk of of their people that come are you know people who are on holiday coming over into uh, Mexico City, and they're like, "Fuck, I don't really know what wrestling is, but my tour guide said you have to go to Arena Mexico, so I'm here and I'm." chugging a heck of a load of beers and drinking a whole bunch of tourist margaritas and whatever the fuck this is this is great who the yeah. fuck is this wizard man with fireballs i love it <laughs> like how can you not like a man who throws fireballs ever since mario we all agreed that throwing fireballs is cool <laughs> so good so yeah i think the big thing here is i was just so stoked um because you know, i've been a fan of, of Hechiceros for, for quite a while but I was just so stoked for everyone else to get to enjoy him um you know I think he I thought this was going to happen a while ago do you remember there was a, a um PWG show uh going back I think pre-COVID at the Globe where they ran um Hechicero versus uh, Zack Sabre Jr. I, I I just recently heard about it because when I Mentioned somebody I wasn't too familiar with Hechicero. They said they brought him in to PWG for a show. I'm like, oh, well, fucking A, I missed that one. Yeah. I uh, I haven't actually seen that match. Uh, I sort of. Sounds like it'd be incredible. I mean, yeah. PWG and those two fuckers, it's got to be outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, uh, very intrigued. I'll have to get back into watching my uh, old uh, PWG. I kind of never really got caught up after the, you know, the uh, COVID everything kind of happening. Yeah, there's so much wrestling, man. And with unless you plan on, uh, you know, pirating all that stuff, it's it's expensive to follow PWG. I mean, you if if you're happy to watch it on a is it six month or a year delay? Where if you get watch it on high spots, you... oh high spots, yeah, yeah, I guess that's not too bad. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. During COVID, then you get stacked up, and it's like, how much wrestling can I watch to just catch up? Yeah, it's a it's a weird uh, thing for for us wrestling nerds where you want to watch all of the cool things. It's only so many hours in a day, man. I don't know how people do it. Yeah, I honestly, I 
I rarely catch uh, Dynamite or Collision because I'm just trying to do other things and watch wrestling. And I know I end up watching shitty Monday Night Raw every week, but that's because it's more funny. <laughs> it's fun to make fun of. Uh, the other wrestling is good. I just, okay, that was an awesome match. And I've seen a lot of awesome matches. You know what I mean? I do. I do. I uh, I think I, I pick and choose these days a lot. You know, I'll, mm-hmm. I watch, uh, I just got caught up on a bit of AEW myself, actually. So I'm in more of a thing of a grab bag of just watching what is kind of appealing to, to me. Um, and I think AEW is fantastic for that these days because there's some bastion insane matches where you see that on paper and you're like, man, I want to watch that i don't necessarily want to watch the acclaimed but i want to watch that match the acclaimed man i, I were you not aware everybody loves the <laughs> i am not sure if that is uh that is 100 percent true my friend well all right prove me wrong <laughs> this uh this has gone down a weird road uh but on to the <laughs> back on to the match <laughs> i um yeah i loved that how selfless Danielson was in this. I remember I saw, um, you know, I think even Brian Alvarez, and I I love Brian Alvarez, don't get me wrong, uh, but I think he was complaining that he thought um, Danielson gave Petrocero too much, uh, which I completely, I mean, I'm probably not the most, um, you know, non, uh, fuck, I forgot this word again. Happened last time. <laughs> I wish I could help. The most impartial. There you go. There you go. Oh, I'm yeah. in the end. I'm not the most impartial dude because, again, I'll just sing Hechicera's praises till the gals come home. Um, but I think you need to do something to, to get someone over, you know, for the crowd to take them seriously. And I thought they played this perfectly. I thought the balance of it was absolutely great. Yeah, they're bringing him in to face one of the uh most tested and badass wrestlers in their company and you expect him to just get stomped and come off credible no yeah it was awesome i love the balance uh i from right from the beginning if for people who aren't familiar with him like he hechicero meaning uh immediately shows okay this is a totally different grappling style that i'm used to even watching when he like approached uh, Brian Danielson backwards with his like almost backwards, just sideways with his his wrist kind of bent upside down, I'm like, what the hell? Almost like, hey, go for this arm because I know my other arm's behind my back, but that's the one I'm gonna grab you with. It's yeah, just a sleek approach, and also it makes sense for Brian Danielson to not be so successful in this match because he's not familiar with this wrestling style on a weekly mm. basis. It you know it coming out of left field i mean exactly. sure he's aware but you know weekly he's doing the american style um kind of japanese influence but you know what i mean like he's not doing this crazy yave yeah and i think it um it's sort of that thing where danielson's obviously very confident in his abilities he's like you know what i'm gonna go toe to toe and i'm gonna i'm gonna get my yave on and obviously, someone who's not wrestling that uh, every every week of the year is not going to be as good as like one of the absolute masters of it. So I think it's, it's plenty credible. Plus, it also tells the story that I think we've all kind of familiar with uh, Brian Danielson having this ego where he thinks he's the best. And he may have underestimated this gentleman a little bit. And that's mm-hmm. why he was able to get so much offense. Like There was a really cool spot. Where uh, earlier in the match, where Hechicero got 
uh, Brian's back and he kind of dropped to his back himself on the on the mat and extended his left leg in between his legs and then rolled backwards and captured Brian and got Brian to his back. Like the look on Brian's face was like, oh, shit, I was not expecting that <laughs> out of nowhere. So but yeah, great. that kind of cool shit is it's tremendous. Like I had to rewind it back. I mean, how did he even do that? <laughs> There's so much stuff that I love. So I was just thinking like, man, there's so much that I think, again, like 90% of wrestling fans would watch this and they're just, just, I've never seen that before. I've never seen this before. Yeah, I've exactly. never seen this roll through weird ass, like backwards counter to, you know, and it's just so refreshing and so much fun at the end of the day, you know? Hell yeah. Uh, I actually, commentary was cracking me up, especially Nigel, his, uh, you, uh, forever being a hater on Brian Danielson, <laughs> kept on talking shit, and then he's like, "Oh, there he goes. He's phoning it in." <laughs> and he goes, "What are you talking about? SOS, same <laughs> old shit." When he was going for the surfboard, I'm like, "Oh, that cracked me the fuck up." And then uh, right after that, even funnier, classic Nigel. When Hechicero put the surfboard on, he's putting him over, <laughs> saying how amazing he is for using this move. <laughs> <laughs> how that was like such a classic nod to like your um, like a you know Bobby Heenan kind of like yes. thing. I love that so much. Yeah, it was real good. And another funny part uh, when Hechicero has that sweet like it's like a flying head scissors, uh, but he like goes to the mat. He doesn't. Uh, spin out to his feet so it's like a guillotine leg drop is what they called it on the show oh, so but the, cool it's such a cool move but my favorite part is tony he goes i thought he was going for a t harris <laughs> i mean sort of looked like he was i guess no i just think it's funny tony <laughs> incorporating these words that he's never used before in his life he's like i now know that's a t harris so i'm gonna say it <laughs> that's like heartwarming for me because like there's so <laughs> much from like watching a lot of especially like early days AEW where it was obviously to a degree some of these like modern moves and especially like lucha kind of stuff you know back in the day that was the the professor Mike Tenay's uh, wheelhouse you know Tony yep. Schiavone was not responsible for this. So he was lay like, out tone, lay out tone. Let Mike work. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not bothering learning this. Um, and then, but then the magic of AEW was almost like uh, Tony was like, you know what? I'm I'm reinvigorated. I'm wanting to learn. And it was almost like uh, Excalibur, kind of like bringing bringing Tony up to up to scruff kind of thing. And I just thought it's heartwarming. And it's like it's it's stayed with him, you know. Hell yeah. The best part is when that first was going on, uh, it was when Jim Ross was on commentary and Jim Ross would hear Excalibur say one of these crazy words and he uh, JR would repeat it to Tony. He goes, oh, T. Harris, Tony. <laughs> and Tony like, yeah. Dude, yeah, I, I miss that dynamic so much. <laughs> that like whole um, you know interplay between the three of them was honestly like I think some of my favorite commentary I ever heard. Yeah, they it was hilarious. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> I Jr. got grading, but at the same time was never not hilarious. I always pop for it, man. I, I there's yeah. not a moment for me where it was grading. I was just like this fish out of water thing just <laughs> never gets old. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, it's Tony and Taz now they bicker quite a uh, bicker quite a bit, but it 
it's gotten better. It used to be on some shows where they can these guys stop jawing at each other? Mm-hmm. But back to this. Nigel was tremendous. So mm-hmm. funny the entire time. There was even a one point later in the match where like he even begrudgingly had to put Daniel or Brian Danielson over. Damn it. <laughs> WWE. I honestly don't do that on the regular, but WWE has fucked me up for life. <laughs> just just next time you say Daniel, just follow it up with son. son. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Speaking of that, that's what Jim Ross used to do all the time. I would give him a hard time, and now I'm doing it all, every other fucking minute. My apologies, Jim Ross. It happens to the best of us, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another crazy spot I wanted to put over is Hechicero does this... Uh, he goes, goes for the Casadora and kind of does a inverted monkey flip to flip Brian Danielson over oh. to get him into a rear naked choke. I mean... That's the best stuff about Yave. Like they they incorporate the crazy lucha stuff to work a dude into an awesome submission. So it's it's just so beautiful and poetic. Yeah, just so fresh and like you know, something. Dude, there's something about like a monkey flip that it's like what's old is new. Every time I see like a well done monkey flip in wrestling, it's like I'm so much more impressed than watching like the the nuttiest you know Canadian destroyer fucking whatever kind of like athletic shit. I just I just love a good monkey flip, you know. Yeah, yeah because the best thing about it is you know that shit is legit. That person is. Sure, they're working together, but that guy just used all that guy's body weight to flip him around onto his fucking face. Heck yeah, man. I remember learning to do a monkey flip in uh, in judo class back in the mm-hmm. day. That that shit is legit. <laughs> it, and it looks crazy, and it also is somewhat funny looking, so that's it gives you that appeal as well. Yeah, it's I am a monkey flip fan. Absolutely. We need we need someone to look, to do like a monkey flip variation finish. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Monkey flip enthusiast t-shirts so we can wear to shows. <laughs> be like, what does that even mean? You know what it means. Oh, that'd be pretty sick on the sort of um like the what's what's that Japanese wrestling brand? Hao Ming. Um did you see they did like a range of sort of like animals wrestling like with uh, sort of the um like the name of the move kind of motif that's like animal themed so they had oh, okay. uh, one with various ones with cats and different things I think there might have been a even an octopus uh doing an octopus stretch or something but that's you know what a I, no-brainer. Think I, may, I may have seen that i may have seen that begging for one with an actual monkey doing a monkey flip <laughs> Actually, would would be doing it to another monkey? I mean, would there have to be a two a double monkey situation? Ooh, I don't know. I... Okay, this got weird again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so another cool move that Hechicero does that I've never seen anybody do is where he runs at the guy, grabs them, and jumps over the top rope to kind of pin them against the top rope so he can swing around, land on the apron, and get him in a choke. Fucking cool and seamless. How rad was that? Clever, clever shit. It's just like Holy creating shit. offense in places that you wouldn't expect offense to be. I think that's yeah. so cool. Indeed, indeed. One of my um the, the coolest things that originally first caught my eye that I remember seeing Hechicero do, and I remember just thinking, I'm instantly a fan of this gentleman, and he did it in this match. Is that amazing swinging uh, backbreaker? Mm. Just one of the, the bloody coolest moves. And I 
still have no idea how he actually gets the the momentum to actually pull it off. Well, he's a tremendous wizard. I mean, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. When all else fails, say the reason he can do it: magic. Magic. Um. Da, 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 da. Yeah. The little. I'm trying to read my notes. I have so much notes for the next match, almost to a point where I don't think we can go through them all. <laughs> I'm the same. I, there was so much stuff, but the other match was just. I was enjoying it. I remember also really being impressed with all of um Hechicero's rad step up knees in the in the corner. Just oh yeah, so that was snappy nasty. and great. Like you very sudden. You'd think for a dude that's primarily, you know, that the Yahweh submission kind of work, he he would not be as good in that sort of flashy, snappy kind of stuff. But he he bridges the gap. He can do it all. Damn right. Um. Oh, the part where I was talking about where Nigel reluctantly reluctantly put over Danielson was, uh, he I think he had the bell lock on and. Nigel was like, it's a beautiful lock. And then uh, Hedgesero starts to get free. And Kevin Kelly said in like the snottiest little kid, no, it's not. <laughs> did, you, did you hear that? No. So whiny. Oh, my God. I had to rewind it because it cracked me up. He's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> I love Kevin, Kelly, Kevin Kelly, he's been doing this for so long, but he sounds so young still. Yeah, it's almost got that like uh, annoying, uh, you know, high pitched nerd kind of voice. Yeah, but I love it. Yeah, I agree hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I, I think in general, I just thought this match was so perfect for what it should have been. Um, and there was a bit that I think there's almost like you could see Danielson having to sort of change gears a little bit, especially through maybe the midsection of the match to kind of like accommodate. Hechicero's kind of stuff because it's probably I think a lot of the the pacing and tempo and like the the those little timing kind of things are probably quite different from what Danielson is used to. So um, I think I, I saw some people you know denigrating the match of, of making out that like it was a bit sort of like um, rough or, or loose at certain spots or whatever. But and I don't I don't have a problem with any of that kind of thing. I did, I thought it. Um, it was just such a great meeting of, of different styles. Um, and I think, you know, obviously it, it introduced Hechicero in, in such a great way to a whole bunch of new fans. And again, just showed how great um, Danielson is at leaning into that and being like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the best bloody showcase that we possibly can for this dude. And then it's smart because it gets him over in the end. Because he beat this amazing, uh, you know, Yahweh wizard rather than just beating some schmuck that he, you know, destroyed in five minutes. Yeah, though some fans apparently didn't know enough about this man to care. I I felt the match had me invested, and I am a big Hechicero fan now at this point. Um, one thing I did notice, I don't know if you caught this, but it looked like the referee almost screwed the finish up. He almost counted oh, that a three referee count. Was terrible. <laughs> he almost counted a three count on one thing, and then he stopped because they weren't like actually the in. They weren't even near. They weren't even that. pinned. They weren't even pinned. He just knew that there was some lock up, and or they're going to both get locked up and roll into a pinfall. And unfortunately, he jumped ahead, knowing it was some. I, I imagine that they were potentially heated. Like, you almost fucked us, dude. We had this I... awesome match going on, and you almost <laughs> fucked it. 
<laughs> I only I noticed that more on on my second rewatch uh, of the yeah. match. But yeah, I don't I don't know where the fuck AEW gets these referees from. But <laughs> I mean, no one's infallible. Everyone has their moments. Sure. But I don't know, man. Um, I also want to put over that crazy dancing, like spitting backbreaker thing that he Hechicero did. It was like. Mm. It looked like he was doing a waltz with him for a moment, then spun him around onto his buck like so. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the one I was talking about. That spinning yeah. back, backbreaker dude, so so cool. Yeah, I, I, the reason I didn't remember is because I noted as dancing. Because <laughs> it was almost like a backbreaker. Dance. He was dancing, so it was about a dance. <laughs> you mind if I hit this bong and you talk for a second? Yeah, yeah, go for it, my dude. Um, so yeah, a, a tremendous match, and and I uh, was, was just I think so happy as well because again, similar to what I was saying, uh, you know, last week when I was putting over the Nagata Danielson match, I think this was so great because again, a whole bunch of fans probably not very familiar at all with Hechicero who are now like who were got so into this match and were just going bananas by the end of it and uh I'd, I'd say now potentially big time Hechicero fans and if if you might be in that boat if you might be one of these recently converted uh Ray Hechicero fans well I I would highly recommend checking out more of his um CMLL work uh a, a particular match of note that I really enjoyed uh was from the 2022 um Grand Prix show uh, that featured a, 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 just a, a wonderful match between Hechicero and Euphoria um, that, again, if you like this Yave style of wrestling of, of two just just awesome, you know, submission, funky wrestling, just... And why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. You, how could you not enjoy this? If you dig that, uh, if you dig this, I think you'll really enjoy that one. Um, and that show also happens to have a, a actual Grand Prix Cibernetico uh, match that uh, is just one of the the greatest big multi man elimination kind of matches that you ever did see. And how crazy is that Yuji Nagata is still fucking wrestling? Like he I was it, man. in the video game, the WCW game back in the day, man. Like he, I. I know how awesome he is now because I've seen later stuff, but the way they treated him on WCW was almost like Sonny Ono's uh, goofy heater from Japan. Like, it wasn't treated too seriously, I guess. But uh, I guess he's a, he was always a total badass, mm. and I was unaware. A lot of those guys in WCW got booked in such a way where you didn't get to appreciate how truly badass they were. Uh, like Scott Norton. I mean, I think it it, uh, it depended on what you what you saw. You know, there was a degree where you sort of like, all right, these guys clearly aren't presented as important as a a Randy Savage or a Roddy Piper, for example, but or even were... a Vincent. <laughs> hey, no, I'll, that's that's the point, my friend. I will, <laughs> I will not uh, allow that to stand. I'd say they were definitely presented as uh, better than Vincent. <laughs> but I, uh, Nagata, I think was was quite young at that time in in WCW. Um, mm-hmm. But he Which still had some crazy. Great he looked stuff. like a, he already looked like a grizzled veteran. Yeah, yeah, he was probably in his early twenties, dude. And he like Wild. I remember like a banger that he had with um with Perry Saturn. Um, like it's a lot of really cool um Nagata stuff. But I yeah, he's he ended up becoming one of my all time favorite wrestlers. Uh, last week was just like a Eugene Nagata 
love sesh um, <laughs> but yeah absolutely tremendous and uh so happy to see that um that done for Hitchsero as well here and now on to our um our next match where we're... one one last thing before oh, we move on. yes yes go on at the end of the match um our favorite WCW announcer Tony Schiavone put this over as the biggest match that Brian Danielson has had in AEW. Now, I'm all for wrestling hyperbole, but <laughs> this seems a bit much. <laughs> I, I am. Um, I mean, that brings me back to the Tony Schiavone that I, I have all the love in the world for i think i watched a supercut of him of his oh. different calls over the years of where he was like the biggest night in professional wrestling and he went on to say about 32 times <laughs> well because it keeps topping itself man it, they yeah. keep topping him yeah i and fine I'm, I'm all with that i feel like this is uh this is about as as big as it gets so why not 100 <laughs> I, I get it. Like, I am 100% for wrestling hyperbole, but it's just always funny when you're like, really? Hilarious. The best night of the night of ever in wrestling? Is that what you said? Okay. <laughs> the biggest night in the history of our sport. <laughs> I love you, Tony. Never he used changed. to have me blocked on Twitter. Uh, then when he came back to wrestling, he was like, I guess I got to unblock all these fans. What, what did you do to get Tony to block you? <laughs> I probably said something about butts and seats or something. I, I don't even think I said something that stupid. I probably just made a wrestling <laughs> joke. And he was at one point in time so done with wrestling, he would like block anybody who referenced it. So funny. It was yeah, the, the comeback story of Tony Schiavone through like MLW and then getting this opportunity and just running with it is just one of the, the most heartwarming things. I love it, man, because honestly, his voice... I love WWE, but I was the WCW fan uh, more Same. than anything. So, yeah. So his voice is synonymous with wrestling for me. For sure. I think to me, it's like him and Mike Tanay, you know, right there as like two, yep. my two like favorite voices of, of WCW. Agreed. And uh, now, are we, are mm -hmm. we ready for the, for the following? Let's sink our teeth in. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's take a big old meaty bite out of a tremendous match that uh, we fly over to Japan. The following week for this one, uh, so we're we're in uh, Osaka here um, at the the former uh, Osaka Body Maker Coliseum. I think it's called the, the Edion Arena now. Uh, it's for the the big New Japan New Beginnings show of the year, um, and this was just a battle of, I guess. If we're talking about like your, your sort of technician kind of wrestlers, just the absolute best of the best. I mean, I guess like the um, the sort of the Dave Meltzer like Wrestling Observer Award uh, for a long time. I, I think it was um, uh, you know named after like Chris Benoit. Then it went over to uh, Brian Danielson, and now I think Zack Saber Jr. has like won that that uh, technical wrestling award for like the last like forever. So I mean, I absolutely love that previous match in in AEW, um, and I I think I even said like the other week when we were talking about this one coming up, I was like, how on earth can you follow that amazing match that they had at Wrestle Dream? in uh in seattle in aew like how can you have a shot at topping that you know i, I can't even imagine but i after re-watching it this afternoon 
I think I can say, I think they topped it. I, I officially think this match was even better than that, uh, you know, match of the year candidate from, from last year. And I, I, I have no idea how that happens. Because you got these two guys together and they're just making beautiful art. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, when I watched a Wrestle Dream match, I knew, of course, it was going to be great and it was stupendous. And then when he didn't shake the hand at the end of the match, I'm like, oh, yeah. This uh, rematch is definitely going to have some stank on it, and they definitely came with it. Man, they were not pulling any punches. I mean, they were probably a little bit, but it, it, it didn't, didn't look really like it. it. Yeah, but it didn't <laughs> really look like it. Uh, I just want to, you know me, I'm all about presentation, so a couple of things I want to say out the gate mm. is I love how the announcers are announcing and the music actually drops back and is tuned down for them to make that announce of the wrestler. Normally, in every other wrestling show, the announcer just has to yell over the music as loud as they can. And this was a nice presentation. They kind of laid back. Hey, let this guy speak. And then they turned the music back up. It's, it was very pleasant. <laughs> I think the overall production that we see of New Japan in Japan... Now, that's, that's an important degree of separation because the production that they have on their American shows is some of the mm. worst dog shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but for the Japan stuff, it's, like, so much better. You know, you watch, like, American wrestling in terms of even, like, the way that it's filmed, um, the camera work and the, the editing and um, things like that, and, and down to the little things like you are saying about, you know, turning the music down uh, so that the, you know, the announcer can, can have the, um, the you know, centre of, of interest. And I just think it, it makes it come across so big time. And, and just watching this between the hype video and then the entrances, it felt like you're watching something really special, you know? A hundred percent. I always like the hype videos because even though I I don't understand Japanese at this point, uh, it still gets me amped because the production is amazing. They drop the videos to kind of tell story. Uh, and then the big emblazoned pictures of them with all the graphics are always fucking cool. Like, WD does some cool graphics, but they're always kind of cartoony looking in a way. These mm -hmm. are just like sleek and fucking professional looking. And yeah, it's a way it feels like a sports presentation, but you know, about wrestling, this, the stage show, not stage show, but a show show. Yeah. It's like, uh, they're presenting it in a, in a similar manner to, you know, if you ever watched any like pride FC back in the day, it's like you're, you're seeing the presentation of like a sporting contest. Um, and I think that, that adds, so so much to people buying in and um you know being like you know what this i'm i'm ready to suspend my disbelief to enjoy this professional wrestling bout um yeah. and and you watch a match like this and there i think this like may be one of the greatest matches of all time for doing just that like suspending disbelief because the work was so good and it was so intense and, and so, like, realistic and, and the energy mean. of it. and Yeah, the meanness. Oh, my gosh. But you watch this and you're like, this is the kind of wrestling that I would want to show a non-wrestling fan to be like, this is 
Like when you hear that bullshit of, you know, like, oh, how do you like that when it's fake kind of thing? Like, I don't think anything does as good a job to communicate. Like, no, like when, when you're in the vibe of it and you watch it, such a truly great professional wrestling match, like that all goes away and you just, I don't know, the magic of it, you know? And I, I think this did such a great job of it and it was just like such a, like the best way I can describe this match, it's like just a truly great, badass, hard-nosed, reactive professional wrestling match. Um, and well it, put. it almost, like, ruins all other wrestling work when you watch it. Like, how do I go back to watching, I don't know, Billy Gunn after this? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing choice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I said after I was done watching, I was like, I think I just watched the greatest match I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like, so good, so intense. And while it was long, it was, like, almost, like, it couldn't be any shorter and tell the same story. You know what I mean? And like, it kept you in every moment. Like, there, it was so fast-paced. Like, Because yep. there were some similarities I was sort of drawing to having a similar feeling of watching, like, a like a, a top-level, like, Billy Robinson kind of match. Uh, or, you know, like a Billy Robinson, Dory Funk Jr., Jack Briscoe, you know, that kind of, like, real, real absolute top-tier master reactive kind of style wrestlers but this was so much faster pace you know with a lot of billy matches this is something i love about billy matches was they would like work something where it's like there's a guy trying to get out this hold and he's like trying to get each they get about 12 minutes out of this one hold kind of thing but this was so fast paced where it's like just change 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 there's so much that happens in this match we're not even going to be able to scratch the surface of no, like no. talking about everything I, there's so many quick awesome little things i almost i literally i loved it so much i had to stop at a point like because I do commentary too. I'm almost. I was almost writing down what I would say on commentary. Like English. a play by play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to a degree, I was. But yeah, there was so much going on. One thing I I think a lot of people might have missed, though. I just don't want to forget. I saw Slapjack out there. That's a real big pickup. Former WWE superstar Slapjack out there with Zack Saber Jr. <laughs> Fucking a. <laughs> no, I just love the fact that these guys. Uh, Again, with the presentation, uh, TMDK all coming out together and not necessarily like you aren't feeling like these guys are definitely getting involved there. No, they're just part of this crew and they're out here for fucking emotional support and, you know, just supporting their bro. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's rad. Um, But I just I fucking love the Slapjack gimmick. So (laughs) seeing him back in New Japan is rad for him. But just I had to mention it. So funny that you know him as that. Like so that's Oh, um, I know him from I know him from New Japan too. Just... But like that's Shane Hayes, right? Yes, and that's yes, a indeed. dude where back in the day in like the Australian wrestling scene, like when I was like still wrestling, he was seen like there was no one better to me. Yeah. Like he would come in he, I, I never actually got to wrestle him back in the day, but I was on, like, a lot of shows where I was in the same locker room as him, and he would be a dude where it would be, like, the the locker room, you know, the curtain sellout, as they say. Like, he was a dude that was, like, so far ahead, I feel, of, like, everyone else there. Um, and then him and Mikey going on to Noah to have this amazing run as TMDK. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, I had, like, so much reverence for the dude. And it's just, like, so funny that, like, he went from that 
to slap to become a meme. <laughs> he became a meme wrestler inadvertently, but better than the gimmick, they I think they were gonna make him a crocodile Dundee type character for a fucking minute there. I was like, oh my god, kiss of death. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing he avoided that. But then the coolest thing was after that WWE run, where it seemed like he could have been one of those dudes where it's just like that whole ordeal. Um, you know, powered him on the salad, industry. All the yeah, and he just became kind of one of those like former WWE guys that just mails it in. Him and Mikey brought it right back. Like I remember that maybe the last title match that um, him and Mikey had against um, Aussie Open against uh, Kyle and, and Davis um, on one of the, the big, last big New Japan shows. I want to say before they uh, they left for AEW, um, and I think that was as good as any team DK match I've ever seen. So they definitely brought it back. So I'm hoping to uh, to see more for sure. Yeah, riding along with Zack Sabre Jr. definitely going to keep the fucking spotlight on you. So that TMDK crew is is a tough stable, man. Yeah. Really? And how cool is their music? Oh, yeah. that Yeah, that's another good thing about uh, New Japan. The music doesn't all sound the same. Mm-hmm. It all sounds cool. Where WWE, at this point, there's once in a while there's a theme that is a standout, but pretty much they all suck shit. Oh, funny you mentioned TMDK. Did you know mm. this past week I became aware that they have a special collab beer? What? That they have done with a really cool uh, brewery out of Perth called Brucha Libre Brewing Co. Oh my god, that's a great name. So cool. And it is a it is a sick can design and it is just a I the idea of wrestling collabs for special beer releases that just yeah. that's magical. Immediately I'm like, how do I get Chris to send me one? But I imagine it would explode on its way over here. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the beer in question is called the the TMDK Young Punks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does it say what it is? Is it a Pilsner? Is it a Saison? Is it an IPA? It's a Japanese rice lager. Um, oh. They, they note it as uh, this is uh, our own creation, a blend of the crisp and refreshing Japanese rice lager and Australia's own Pacific Ale. So it's, I guess, a bit of a hybrid. Oh, right on. Uh, real quick, just... I, 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 for Perth, are you going to go to the show? For <laughs> you will not. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're in your town. You're not even gonna, or not your town, but your country. You're not going to go visit W. How far is that from you? I know how big Australia is. I was just asking. How far is it? I was like amazed that they've drawn as many people as they have. Frankly, is a bit of a side note, but like Perth is like in the fucking middle of nowhere. It would probably be the equivalent of you traveling to like. Miami, like it's at least like a um, a oh six-hour flight to to. Oh, that's Miami's there. way longer than that. Oh, okay. You have a large country too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess it's not one of those things where like you know what WWE's made it into our country. Let's make the jaunt. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not my cup of tea, friend. I feel you. Oh, that's okay. All right, back to the good wrestling. This is my cup yeah. of tea. Indeed. Um, since we're not going to touch base on much, I just wanted to say one thing out the gate that I thought was really funny is even how serious this was. Hmm. Zack Sabre Jr. is, as they say, rather cheeky. Uh, there was a point when 
uh, Brian was kind of doing this stance where he was like, let his arms hang limp. So maybe uh, Zach didn't know where he was going by any sort of muscle jerk movements. And so Zach started kind of doing the same thing back at him, but also doing wonky leg walking for a second. I was like, what a dick. <laughs> Do you, did you catch that? It was fucking yeah, hilarious. Yeah, there was a lot of like odd sort of little... Um feeling one another out kind of thing and like mirroring one another in that early part of it and i thought that was like really cool yeah the early part was kind of like stages they like there was like segments of where they kind of worked similar offense toward each other and you know both found their own ways to evade it i i I found it very interesting how they interesting how they structured this match i uh, as well at the escalation of it I think watching more and more wrestling, seeing like a really well done organic escalation is probably one of my favorite uh, notes of like a really good wrestling match. Like it's not just mm-hmm. like, okay, we do this and now we do this spot and we do this. And, you know, it's like this, it's not this jam together kind of like weird, you know, this is the heat, this is the comeback, This, you know. It's like this was so much more even flowing. And I think the reactive part of it was like a real cool deal like i had um uh one of my uh my uh, dearest uh clients was um we were chatting about this uh, the other day and and he said he felt it was kind of like watching um like freeform jazz you know these kind of oh. guys in terms of like that like reactive and just like flop in uh improvisational sort of element and and i sure i don't think i could come up with a, a better um a better, uh, you know, way to put it than that. Like, and I love jazz. <laughs> yeah. So I think I love this in the exact same way. So I definitely want to um, put over Richard uh, on that one. Uh, that was uh, absolutely a great call. I'm on Richard. But, uh, yeah, I think that early part of it, being that sort of just reactive in the moment, uh, both guys working for an advantage, uh, and it just... It, it showed, like, such a next-level skill of these dudes to where I honestly don't think there's, like, anyone, like, these there's just such a next level to, like, 99% of the wrestling scene today. Yeah, one of the things that you're saying about Reactive were, you know, they would have their little scraps and then they would break away and kind of look at each other. They weren't the overly dramatic standoffs that we see in almost every indie wrestling match these days they, <laughs> the where they stayed at each other special. for a while with shock express they just kind of like got up and go all right i i am well aware that you're good enough to do what you just did so let's get back into it pretty quickly mm. slight stare down for a moment but like, yeah i really a little acknowledgement that. kind of thing of like yeah oh, all right let's you know i think it was yep. so good. But without smirking more like impressed yeah. in a way where like i'm not gonna even try to sell it with my face on how much that really impressed me it was like a game of um of one-upsmanship and i think 100%. that was probably a big part of maybe the, the story of the first match it was like a game of one-upsmanship and then that continued into this one and then it sort of like went from being a games of one-upsmanship to being just like a really violent 
you know, back and forth. But this early part, I think, where they're clearly both like respecting one another, um, and and going for that advantage, and and then like there was a great bit. I I don't know if you remembered when uh, they sort of got into the ropes, um, and Zach was like underneath the ropes, and Danielson was on top, kind of thing, and then the referee yep. kind of broke him up, and then Zach just did just like great kind of like. Come on, like begging him for more kind of thing. That yeah, was it was even like the... before the while the ref was actually telling him to break it up, Zach was just talking mad shit. And yeah. He didn't know if Brian was actually gonna do a clean break or just stomp him. Yeah, that was and the camera shot of it was fucking killer. Dude, yeah, was on, on rewatch I was like, Oh man, maybe maybe that should have been the the moment that I did the art off. <laughs> yeah, it was a good shot. Very cool. Um and then yeah, I think the they went on to like a like this great like hand work like you know you hear like the hand fighting kind of like thing um and there was a a great like little back and forth on that um and uh particularly one of the first things as i watched this match with um, my buddy uh brad who's who's been on before another friend mitch uh when we watched it the first time um that was the first thing where i audibly like there was a bit where um Danielson did this awesome like reverse wrist clutch takeover kind of thing. That was yep. the thing where I audibly was like, "That is so fucking cool." <laughs> is that the one where then Zach answered back by doing like two of them as well? I think so. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that was, yeah. Like, just that before was... Zach sort of comes in with this great like flying guillotine kind of yep. kind of thing, that sort of stage. Yeah, he rolled through like quick and did two of them real quick. I was answering back. Uh, also, I wanted to point out because it's rather quiet in a lot of this stuff. When the when the fans react big, you can definitely notice it. Mm. But you can also notice when one man tries to start a chant all by himself and no one joins along with him because <laughs> there's this one guy. Let's go, Zach. Let's go, Zach. And like kept going and no one joined him. <laughs> It was definitely felt like I don't know, like a, some British fans in the house yep. that were on over from uh, from the UK, but it continued towards the end where they were trying to get like a bloody fight forever chant going. And... Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, oh man, oh, dear. there was a rad part where they were kind of almost locked together, both their legs, and they kept on trying to drape each other or drape their ankle. Uh, or apologize the armpit the knee uh, over their ankle and both jockeying position and it was like so crazy watching these two masters just trying to grab each other's limbs and pull them in different directions and drape over like this and it didn't feel at all uh overly planned out like you're saying the freeform jazz thing it's like mm. they're just going for it and they're both good grapplers so they probably just know how much of this do you think they actually were legitimately jockeying for position and not a total work. I mean, they definitely know what they're doing, but do you think there was ever any point where they're like, all right, for this point, we'll just like, we'll grapple and see what fucking goes down. I think for sure. I think it was probably um, a, very similar to back in the day and like your classic kind of shoot style wrestling. Um, when you'd like see that in uh, Japan of like the, you know, absolute top tier dudes and like UWFI or like the first UWF um, where it's like, you sort of have a bit of a loose framework where they, you know, clearly would know what their finish is and maybe some key things of like what they you know might do, but I would, and I don't, I have no idea about this for a fact, but I would estimate 
probably like 80% of this was just kind of like reactive spur of the moment. And these guys are good enough to, to do that. That's what I mean by these guys being better than like 99% of wrestlers. Because, I mean, that's like, I think a lost art of it, that, that reactive ability to just wrestle and react to one another and like the body movements and body mechanics and like, oh, you do this, I'm going to do this kind of thing. A lot of that, I think, doesn't really exist anymore. So I think the fact that these guys can do that in such an amazing manner is just such a, uh, a compliment to them. Um, and I hope that maybe more wrestling, more guys get excited by this and are like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to put in the work to to get to, to um, I mean, I don't think it's potentially... I'm going to get on their level. <laughs> yeah, that might be a bit of a lofty goal, but, you know, at least to sort of have, have an ideal to work towards. I would be very happy if in the future we have more guys watch this and be like, that... That, to me, is where I want to, like, aim, you know, compared to I feel like we've had a generation that's been inspired more by dudes like Ricochet, for example. Yeah, that's 100% accurate. I I am glad there are like other guys who, like, carry on that art form that get a nice following, like Daniel Maccabe. He yeah. does a similar format of wrestling, and uh, there's Robert Martyr. He's pretty dope. So there's there's definitely guys out there, few and far between, and a lot of those guys who do the wrestling gimmick don't bring a lot of the charisma so not a lot of people sink their teeth in a boring guy who's whose wrestling gimmick is wrestling unfortunately um but if you can do that shit and also you got a bit of a personality that can gravitate a lot of people toward you especially people who like the realism in wrestling yeah i uh it's funny you say that because i was thinking about that while watching this match because while watching this incredibly high level of wrestling skill a big thing that stood out to me was like the absolute like amazing cocky charisma of zach while watching this um, oh yeah swagger his little his little swagger when he like walks away from things or walks oh. around the ring like okay okay so good i mean and, and danielson too is like a very charismatic dude he's you know in no way like a, a boring kind of like no personality guy but um he could have been he used to be saddled with that back in the day but he definitely back in the early roh showed he had a ton of personality yeah i think the only ever people that said that danielson were boring were those kind of trolls that never actually really watched a danielson match because i don't think even like when you watch his early early roh stuff dude had like a magnetic charisma like the whole way through um but yeah zach especially i think he reminded me a lot of um you ever watched uh, much Rollerball Rocco, Mark Rocco? I did not, unfortunately. Oh, well, I would uh, highly uh, recommend that. But uh, in terms of being a dude who just had a, an amazing, like, cocky heel kind of, like, charisma that, again, gets you, like, really invested, he, like, just one of the absolute best in-ring uh, wrestlers that you ever would see. So... Uh, big uh, compliment to Zach there in uh, comparing him to uh, Mark Rocco, the original Black Tiger, Marea. Oh my, I am familiar with that particular detail. Um, well, maybe you have to find an awesome match of his and we'll do some art and we'll watch it on for the pod. Oh, I think that would be a great idea. I'm a big, big fan of World of Sport, but this, this match in particular brought me back to a lot of that like European um, World of Sport Lancashire style of wrestling like that was probably maybe the closest 
thing that I could say was like that was the style of match that this was. Um, but and I think that as well is what we were talking about with the escalation too, where like that start now to really just kind of like, all right, let's feel one another out, try for you know to to get on the advantage. And then it just like escalating to then getting, you know, again from that level to just like a mean level of violence and just some insanely great strikes and just just some bloody great meaty wrestling. Oh yeah. I think the kind of transition point where it got more nasty was that point where uh, Brian Danielson ripped uh, whipped Zach's ankle into the bottom rope, like kind of like snapmared him with his oh, arm. Yeah, and that fucked Zach up for a minute. Like he, the ref, it almost looked like, do we need to stop this thing? Um, and yeah, he sold that ankle injury for quite a while, and that's when it was. He was like, come back, okay. Uh, this is not just grappling, huh? We're gonna fuck each other up. Let's do this. <laughs> his his working over of the the legs um, that really stood out to me on on my rewatch of this match. Like I, I you know, obviously he gets into it, um, and and the the working of the the legs is a, a key part of the match later on that stands out to you. But the early bit where he would sort of do things to kind of like target the knees and like you're saying the ankle, I thought were like really cool and stood out to me on rewatch. Like there was a great bit where and this sort of gets into more of sort of the the story of the match i guess for all of our uh, story wrestling people (laughs) (laughs) um of the bit where he um has uh zach in like ready to get him up for the the romero special and he's like trying to to you know to goad him in to to grab on the ropes kind of thing and he's like oh, yeah. standing on on the knees and he's saying, "Get the ropes, get the ropes." And he's like, "No, no." <laughs> and then he does the need... classic, you know, "Come on, Brian." <laughs> the classic Danielson, you know, double stomp of the the knees. Um, and then pretty much from that point on, I, I thought Danielson's like escalating targeting of the the leg and the, the knee. Uh, was just just masterful stuff. Beautiful, just two artists working together. Oh man, I'm trying to review my notes. I have written down so much stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think we I don't we might have skipped ahead on this part, but there was a rad part where uh, Zach got kind of Irish whipped into the turnbuckle, but he like bounced off and came back with like a choke. Oh, where he was yeah. like draped on the body that was so cool that, and, like, that was so, the, the flying so guillotine that i was okay like, yeah that yeah. was one of the coolest like Fucking going a. into a guillotine i'm glad that we both shared the same thing we both hold the same note the guillotine was rad we that happens so often when we talk about these matches doesn't it <laughs> yes indeed did you get the part uh where uh danielson was doing got him in the mood lock and he oh bridged back over and then Zach just snatched him and so the camera got close on the on both of them and that was just great like they were both like hurting each other but gra- and didn't want to let go but at the same time they were both suffering it's one of those awesome wrestling moments where hmm. we're both hurting each other to get the goal of winning but we're suffering to get that goal that was definitely one of the close ones that was a, a contender for me picking as the, the visual moment of the match. I remember when I first watched it, I was like, oh, remember that timestamp? Because that is a really cool visual. And I think really cool as well, because one of those things where there's some moves and submissions where you, you think, like, why doesn't the guy just do this? 
And yeah. pretty much for all of them, it. that's what happened here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's actually a good call. Where This is the obvious escape opportunity. Why doesn't anyone... Oh, Zack Sabre Jr. or Brian Danielson will take those advantages. Um, that After that is when they kind of both bail out and like step away and kind of... this. That was one of the dramatic standoffs where they're both kind of like, okay, um, this is escalating. Um, <laughs> things are getting maybe a little out of hand and we're okay with that. It was almost like, you know, getting back to those World of Sports style matches, you'd have that where the... Because they'd always have the rounds, so mm -hmm. the, the British rounds kind of system. So I can't remember, it was like two minutes or five minute uh, rounds for a lot of these matches, but it would basically be that. Like, it would escalate, and then you'd be like, all right, guys, now we're going to, you know, have a, have a little... You know, breather, and the guys would walk away from one another and kind of like do a little nod or a little acknowledgement or a little like, oh, I'm gonna, gonna bloody get you next time, you know, kind of thing. And that was kind of the vibe that I got here. Um, and this is, yeah, when the, the leg work has really taken off and you're noticing Zach kind of like acknowledging it a bit more, uh, which I think his selling was so good and so next level. Uh, there was a particular moment when he, um, there was an exchange where Zach finishes it up by hitting Danielson with a, an incredible, um, like, flash drop kick to the, the head and neck. That was just one of the coolest, like, most, like, snappy, impactful drop kicks that I ever did see. Um, and then, uh, you know, Danielson goes down and uh, then, then Zach is, like, pops up and you think he's going to be on the advantage, but he goes straight back to, like, selling the, the knee. Uh, which Yo. I thought was really, really cool. Yeah. It almost felt like uh, the story was a tad bit that Zach was shocked on how much Brian at points was uh, out wrestling him, even though it was so evenly matched. The, the, it felt like Zach Sabre Jr. felt like he should have had more of an advantage. And uh, I felt that you feel like Brian maybe has a bit more stamina because he didn't seem nearly as winded as Zach in the later stages of this particular match. I was impressed by both. Like I was saying before about like the, oh, the pacing and like Ooh. how how much it was just like all action, all like like so much movement. I was just thinking like the amount of gas that these guys both of these dudes have in their tank was like I I could not imagine that. I, I definitely blew up my uh my share of times when I was back in the ring back in the day. Um but man, I was just so impressed at the the pace that these guys were able to, to keep up for I mean, how long did this match actually go? Uh over forty I think. Whoa. Didn't feel like uh, it. No, no, it was fun the whole time. That's like I enjoyed it so much is why I wrote so much down. Uh speaking of how quickly they were doing exchanges when they were both had each other in like the straight jacket and they both oh. went for bridges to get out of it like that's bananas oh i <laughs> i'd love that spot there was yeah. um just yeah when it sort of got to that that uh wrestling and, and counter holds kind of thing uh i was just so happy and just i don't know i just got so much enjoyment out of it like there was I think the the bit that I actually ended up picking for the the illustration um, mm. was there was a, um, a bit where where Zach gets him in a um, 
in a, a cobra twist, I think, to start with. Uh, and and that was cool as fuck, and, and the crowd was, like, really getting into that because of, you know, the history, history of the Cobra Twist in, like, Japanese wrestling, and the, the commentators were putting it over big as well. And then next level, he, like, transitions into the, the octopus hold. Mm. And, man, I, I don't even know, uh, you know, how he did it or what it was, whether it was the timing or what, but I just remember thinking that was, like, one of the coolest things. And then the actual visual of when it, like, really zoomed in, and this is, again, getting back to that really, like, how great the um, the, the editing and the camera work is to really have those moments where it takes you in and, and focuses on, like, Danielson's expression when he's got this, like, octopus hold on him and, and Zach's leg is, like, you know, really, like, jamming up and, like, wrinkling, like, half of his, like, face... And um, it just looks so uncomfortable. Uh, and, and I think maybe that's, again, what gets back to this sort of, like, great level of um, the suspension of disbelief of the match because, you know, a lot of submission work that you're taught in wrestling school, it's stuff that's, like, not uncomfortable to be in because, like, you're working together with your, you know, partner. You don't want to hurt your brother or whatever. Like, yeah, everyone's not like when I watch a wrestling, I'm like, oh no, he's bending his leg in the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this, like, so much of this looked really gnarly and like unpleasant to be in, and I think that's what makes it. What What is the cobra twist? Is that the the weird dragon through leg, or is that the neck the neck twisting thing? That's the, it. Sort of looks a bit like an abdominal stretch, where he sort of has like the the leg twisted around the other guy's leg. And then he's like wrapped oh, around okay. his body I, kind I of thing. I, I got it confused with the octopus. That's when he transitioned into the octopus. Yeah, okay, and then okay, he went okay. into the into the octopus, which is sort of the the you know, they call it like the flying octopus because that both neither of the guy who's doing its feet are, are touching the ground kind of thing. Yeah, I did get enjoy that. Uh, there was a moment where Danielson said the thing. He uh. told the ref he had till five. <laughs> <laughs> I was such a mark for that in ROH back in the day, dude. <laughs> he said it so casually on this one. He goes, I have till five. <laughs> I don't know whether I have till five referee or he's going to get his fucking head kicked in on my favorite, but they're both right there. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous ones. <laughs> yeah, dude, like the, the, my notes are so crazy because you couldn't even imagine these are series of moves. Like after the I have till five, I have. All right, then we go surfboard, dragon sleeper, two snapmares. <laughs> Zach li- lifts Danielson up, waist high, slams him down, does the neck ringer. Then he <laughs> a single leg. Zach fights out. Another single leg. Zach fights out. And then another next clinch by ne- Zach. Oh my gosh. It's just so much that occurred. If you haven't seen this match, you ha- and you are a wrestling fan who likes the grappling base, or even if you don't, fucking A, go check this out. It's nuts. So, so good. Like, there's sometimes where you just say something so good for so long, it's like you, you don't even it have loses meaning. words to like try to exclaim, like, no, it was like really, really good, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, this would just be me. If I really went out how much I love this match and read everything I wrote, it would be just me, like, 
doing play-by-play like, <laughs> that i loved every second of this shit yeah the, I, the moment i tried to restrict myself a little bit like try to refine it down to the, the things that i thought had sort of a real significance and maybe that was sure. probably easier doing it on rewatch because i sort of remembered a bit of the first time um but like one of the other things that i thought was a really good nod to the first match was them going back to that iconic uh, face-to-face knee bar off where they both had oh, the yeah. other dudes like um you know knee grapevine um and then they get into the strike and i think that was where the strikes really like started and that you know what we're talking about that real like grisly violence kind of like element of it where they really start like laying their shit in and they they just start kicking one another in the face <laughs> it's just alternating <laughs> And it was so awesome. There was a dope moment uh, where they did a a standing switch and Danielson uh, kicked backwards into the knee of Zack Sabre Jr. And the reaction of Zack was more, instead of just saying, you know, oh, that hurt. I'm going to go cry in the corner. He actually walked to the corner like, motherfucker. And then he came out and just started beating the fuck out of him. Yeah, like you're like so many European uppercuts, and then they started exchanging. Yeah, nasty. I think those like how snappy and impactful, like those euros and all the different strikes that were going on at that point. That really reminded me of what I was saying before. That sort of like escalation of like the proper like British style, like the classic British style of wrestling, of your your dudes like a Rollable Rocco or like a Jimmy Breaks or any of those like real masters, uh, but. Like, the the slaps, man. That was, I think, the moment where yeah. I was like, I think all really, you know, great matches, there's, there's something about slaps that just always wins me over. And this almost felt like very um, low-key versus Kenta-esque in, like, the the uh, both speed but also, like, the sort of evasion and then catches them with one and, oh, so great. I loved it. Yeah, I can't say enough about this match. Ending in that rad um, head kick by by Danielson. But did you notice the? Um, oh, did you have any notes on that um, awesome Michinoku driver that uh, Zach catches him? Hell with? yeah! Fuck, and it was a snap. Yeah, that that, that series was. Uh, it was after they did the super belly to the back suplex, <laughs> and then uh, Brian was dropping those elbows, and then they go into the catamutilation. Zach rolls to get out of it. Then he does the release German. Then he ducks a kick, and then he hits him with that Michinoku driver. And it was such a good falsy because the fans went bananas. That was maybe the greatest Michinoku driver I've ever seen. Like, just the whole timing of it. The... One fluid mo- movement, too. It wasn't like where he... Sometimes people pick it up, stop a moment, and snap it. He just, like... All right, we're going up and under. Kind of like an awful waffle, but reversed. It was so dynamic and explosive. It was like he caught him like midair, and then they both came down on the mat at the same time. So, so great. Yep, yep. Yeah, the forearm strikes uh, from when um, Danielson was in Zack Sabre Jr.'s guard, where it looked like he was on the verge of like knocking him out and like he was going to win the match from like knockout. Uh, oh that yeah, was yeah. Very um, 
kind of had the energy of like these shoot style kind of like uwfi like takata like classic kind of yeah ref was right on that too like totally perfectly is like are we, so we quitting are you, you're done what that's zach can you continue yeah it was great it really spoke to me as well because i don't know if you noticed when um when danielson was in wwe he he definitely was working their house style you know like these uh, it was quite sad you know from like a big danielson fan from back in the day of like seeing a guy like throw on these strikes that you know look like they couldn't break an egg kind of deal um but you know i guess when you're in that environment that's what you do um so it's not on him you know he's just doing what i guess they're supposed to do but yep. it was so great to see Danielson back in his, like, pure, badass, mean motherfucker top-flight form of just laying in these fucking forearms, looking like he was about to kill the dude. So, yep. so good. Forearms, his elbows, like, literally trying to kick through people's sternums. It's, I, yeah. Damn it, Eddie Guerrero, you might lose your spot, buddy. <laughs> this reminded me of the Danielson from. Um, do you ever see that uh, that match again with uh, him and Roddy against the Bucks from back in the day, where they just beat the absolute fuck out of them in PWG? I do recall that. I think I have that one. I think I have that one. Yeah, but uh, that was that was the true asshole Danielson <laughs> we got here. Oh man, there's a there's a like right near the end. There was like a, a roll up exchange sequence that was, was yep, very I have that much right uh, along the lines of of those like British masters of you know, like Billy Robinson, uh, you know, kind of stuff. And it was just one of the coolest things I have ever seen in my life. I just had hot damn written down in it, all caps. <laughs> <laughs> I have at some point here. Uh, both men are dead. Because <laughs> there was a one point where they, were, they looked like they were all out and they were not going to get back up. Oh, and then the, the match ends in... Um, and I remember back in the day, this used to get, like, heat from, like, your old-timey workers of, you know, complaining of doing too much and then ending on a fucking roll-up. You know, oh, yeah. like, like he's hitting him with the kryptonite crunch and the reverse Frankensteiner and the Canadian destroyer, and then he beats him with a small package. But I never had a problem with that, you know, because like a well done wrestling move, a well done pin, isn't that like as good as it gets in terms of getting a guy's shoulder down? It, it's a wrestling move, right? You, you get the guy rolled up onto his back, makes sense to me, and done right. When they're really, really quick and sudden, they're really, really good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. This one was, like, a drawn-out sequence and then into that. But I felt it was a very fitting to a match where the guys literally pulled out all the stops. And what was the last thing to get it done? A roll-up. Yeah, and like, a really well-done roll-up that Zach just put his everything into. I think there's, there's little that's better than that of just, like, catching a dude in... And, and it, I guess the whole thing of this games of, of one-upsmanship that this was, he caught him and won the game of one-upsmanship. And there was no need for anybody tapping out in this situation, so both guys, you know, keep that. They're... Oh, wait, who, how the la... what was the finish of the last match? I fucking forget. I think the first one ended in a, um, 
In a tap out. In a tap out? Well, then let's go record over this part. Let's start over. <laughs> I made a point that was not good. Editor's note. It actually ended with two Basaku knees. So I was quite wrong here. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy. But I still like that this ended up in a roll-up. Like, you know, there's no need for... Are one of these guys going to pick each other up and powerbomb each other? Hey, yeah, yeah. Are, we, are we getting like a, a powerbomb off the top rope or like a, you know, some big super kick or something? No, I think this was really appropriate. And this match hardly had any crazy stuff. Like they went outside once and like the biggest craziest move was a super belly to the back. And, you know, that still was rad. And yeah, I I, I thought it was a beautiful finish. And I love that Zach actually shook the motherfucker's hand this time. At first, it looked like he wasn't going to, or, but uh, he shook, he extended the hand, and then Danielson, ironically enough, wasn't going to shake his hand this time. That bastard! I and thought that was hand. that was so perfect the way it's like initially he had that. Oh, he's like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. And then like it was just so believable that the way he was kind of like, you know what? Fuck this kills me. But yeah, all right, fucking good yeah. job, man. Good job. I wrote down jokingly, like, oh, code of honor. <laughs> code of honor has been upheld. Yes. <laughs> Jimmy Bauer would be happy. <laughs> oh yes. Um, and when I found, when I realized that Gabe was the announcer and <laughs> was two different people at points, I that really, really amused me. I still don't know why he had two kayfabe names. <laughs> yeah, like, apparently, everyone. I, 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 I'm pretty sure I know what happened. People probably like hated one of the characters. He's like, well, I'll just be the same play-by-play guy, and I'll just have a different name, and maybe it'll work. No, <laughs> it did not. <laughs> oh, man, that, that's really getting back to your, your classic ROH uh, nostalgia there, We're talking about <laughs> the commentary skills of Jimmy Bauer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. I love nerding out about wrestling. Indeed. It's always a joy to come and be a part of the shenanigans and maybe bringing more silliness along with me. So thanks oh, for having me. I, I think our um, our various uh, ADD sidebars are just mm. unmatched. I, I didn't think I could talk to anyone where I have the amount of <laughs> complete, like, all right, let's talk about Tony Schiavone's commentary in WCW for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully somebody enjoys it besides us. But honestly, so. even if it's just an outlet to chat with you, I, I, I'm fine with it. I uh, I really enjoy our chats, man. So I um I always appreciate you coming on, uh, and it uh, definitely is um just a, a lot of fun for me, to be honest. Why? Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Same. I um I, I feel like this one I assume now that we're one and one we're heading for potentially a rematch down the road. I thought I heard some some scuttlebutt about that of a, you know, first one was in AEW, second one was in um New Japan, so maybe the third one I heard is somehow going to be on neutral territory. I don't know what that is. Is that maybe going to be the next Forbidden Door? I'm not sure, but I'm in. I'm here for it. Yep, me too. Again, I have no earthly idea how you follow this, but uh, they managed to follow the first one with this, so at this point, any time they're going to like touch one another in ring, I am, I'm here for it. I am going to go into it thinking that it couldn't possibly 
compete with this one. That way, my expectation—excuse uh, me—my expectations are low. That way, when it does, I can be blown away. So Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I'm really working it. Yeah, if you smart. play it from both sides, you can't be disappointed. You know what I mean? <laughs> smart man. So can I? From what you've said, it sounds like you're pretty steadfast. This one is officially your favorite of the of the last two. Um, I was strong enough to say this may be my favorite match of all time. So yeah, 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 yeah. man. And that's knocking um Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio <gasps> at Halloween oh! Havoc at the top spot. I think, I think. Damn, it's, it's hard one, you know me, man. I don't like to do definitive favorites because there's so much variety and it'd be weird to discredit anything else I like. But that damn Halloween Havoc match is something special. This thing was something special. So mm -hmm. weighs heavy on me. Weighs you know, I've, I've been saving that um, Ray Ray Eddie rewatch. I think I probably haven't seen that match in at least five years, maybe more. Um, but I've been saving that because I'm like, I half feel whenever I happen to watch it, no matter what, it's going to end up being my match of the week. So <laughs> I'll have to be careful here. Yeah. But, man, thank you again for, for coming on the show. Uh, can I can I throw you over for some plug skis for you, my friend? Sure. Uh, you can follow me on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Blue Sky, Threads, Fat Life. Uh, no. Anyway, I'm at James Vanderbeek on the majority of those sites. One of them I'm not on, so it's like four truths and a lie. And if you <laughs> want to catch me on IWTV, our next show for SOS Pro Wrestling is entitled When Nature Calls. And it's on March the 8th. Ooh. Uh, at 8 p.m., or if you're a local yokel to Washington State, which likely you're not, you can join us in person at Edison Square in Tacoma. Um, but yeah, when nature calls, please take a peek. Enjoy. I, uh, that is another excellent name. Um, between worker names, show names, this company sounds like it's uh, it's got all of the things. Oh, man. Our, Is our that a throwback to Ace Ventura? I believe it may have something to do with that indeed uh i just want to put over our tag team champions names there the big cat scott henson and sarian softpaws these men are half man half cat and they have tails and you know what sometimes these dastardly heels attack the tails and lock them in submission holds and that's mean but oh, it's also hilarious <laughs> <laughs> and just okay. for our listeners at home, I can confirm that uh, the 1995 film Ace Ventura had a uh, subtitle of When Nature Calls. Yep. So. I saw that one in the theaters. I'm an old son of a bitch. I have great memories of that movie, but do you know what its current Rotten Tomato rating is? Mm. A mere 21%. Now that is outrageous. For shame, for shame. At the same time, I um I have heard that on rewatch it has uh, maybe some things that didn't age very well, so perhaps that's part of it as well. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we're not here to talk about Ace Ventura. Uh, we're here to finally end this epic show. Here's now we talk about 30 minutes of Ace Ventura. <laughs> 
I greatly appreciate everyone that has stood uh, through this uh, episode and, and lasted all the way. Uh, that's a that's a next level of, of staying power that I very much appreciate. Um, but uh, if you dig this show, uh, please uh, tell a friend about it. Please give a give a little old review ski on the iTunes. Um, but uh, yeah, just just keep on tuning in, and um, I uh, uh, delighted to keep this going um i i do also sometimes yeah receive uh, messages from from people about the show so um if if you have something that, that rang a bell you know for you when you're listening bloody send me a message on instagram dude or, or uh, twitter or, or whatever um I, I get back to everything and uh obviously you, you know that i i really dig and love this stuff so um i'm, I'm always up for a chat uh, but yeah, at uh, Chris Things on the Twitter, at Chris Things on the Instagram, be able to keep up with all the show updates on there. Uh, also, be able to see a bunch of my art things that I post on there. ChrisThings.com.au is the place where you can go to learn a little bit more about that art and potentially purchase a print ski of it. Purchase a, a little old, um, you know, art print, maybe an, an original, maybe a t shirt. Uh, yeah, might have a, a new one of those coming in the near future. Have to keep an eye out there. Big thank you as well to the great guys at Social Suplex uh, for, for giving me the, the platform to do this this cool little little show of ours. Um, uh, you can check out socialsuplex.com and there's actually a, a bunch of other cool wrestling podcasts on there for you to check out too. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, but I, uh, yeah... I'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing this uh, little old show, so let's just keep it going, guys. I appreciate you all. Do you have anything else to add, my friend? Hmm. You know what? You put it out so so beautifully, and I think there might have been a little delay. So, um, no, I have nothing else to add. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> what a what a great uh, little. <laughs> How do you end these things? You know. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're there. I think we just end it now. <laughs> Cut it off. Cut it. Cut it. Bye. Do the hammer. Oh dear. That was that was fun, man. Yeah, that was a good time.